Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz... Come strong, but don't come at all. We're coming strong with it, and man, there's a lot to talk about this week. Texas gets the win, and Rod, I know you've got an interesting analogy to describe this win, which I'm sure that's how a lot of Longhorn fans probably feel. Uh, <laughs> Texas exactly where he's coming from. needs half a hundred to beat Kansas, 50 to 48. No, that was not a basketball score. Uh, that was Texas. Getting a win, it look needing every bit of it, baby. It's a win. Every bit of that fifty. And Tom Herman's right. A pity break. At, at the end of the day, if Texas ends up getting back in the Big Twelve Championship game and can win a conference championship, ten years from now, nobody's going to care what the margin was. They'll just see it. It was a W. But we can't even talk about the Big Twelve Championship game right now because there's a lot of things to talk about with this team. Let me rephrase that. A lot of things to talk about on one particular side of the ball and some in the third phase, which we'll get to on this latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howell. Let me bring in the rest of the team so we can start to break down this madness and get you ready for TCU. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well. Yourself? Wonderful. And lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-American 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and here with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes in, I will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, you get that black card. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thanks for the intro, brother. Rod, before I get to your analogy, let's get a couple of uh, items out of the way uh, or a few orders of business to take care of the top. First off, on Saturday, you were co-hosting down at Schultz with Johnny Walker. That's right. Our good friend in Lifetime Longhorn. There was a poll that went up on, uh, I believe it was the Horns Twitter account. (laughs) Yeah, we did. Asking Rod B in his prime against Johnny Walker in his prime. Yeah. One-on-one, who would win? I don't even remember where it's at now, but I, I last time I checked it, I was winning by 70%. So right. So I, just, I appreciate that. I appreciate the love. And also people remembering, you know, how, I, how, how legit it was. Now, Johnny was great in his own Johnny night. was great. I mean, Johnny's, still, Johnny's still great. He's awesome. John, Johnny was, sports star. Johnny was drafted in the Major League Draft twice and in the NFL Draft. Come on now. So, He's yeah. the real deal. Got to give him his due. On, on, on the football field, I'm just saying one-on-one. With that said, mm. I— you know, I, I tried to settle the debate myself when I was down on Bevo Boulevard doing some stuff with the horn. I said, look, here's the here's the trump card. I, I ran into Dwayne Aquino a few years ago, and now that you know everybody's in their place, I can say it. I was right. It Whose was birthday today? Oh, Coach Aquino's birthday Coach is today? Coach Aquino's birthday is oh, today, actually. Well, happy, happy birthday, birthday Coach Aquino, if you haven't yeah. been listening to this. Uh, I was out on the road doing some recruiting stuff, and I was at Houston Heights watching Jalen Green, and Dwayne Keenan was there scouting Jalen Green. Oh, there you go. Hey, that's good. You just yeah. follow whoever he recruits. Recruit <laughs> that guy. And, you know, we're talking, and, and I, I see Oscar Giles was at U of H at the time, so yeah. we're, we're talking about uh, a few you know different prospects, and they're sharing some stuff. And, um, you know, Coach Keenan's like, oh, how's Rod doing? And I'm like, oh, you know, Rod's doing well. And yeah. We're, oh, we man. talk about stuff, and he goes, you know, and this was unprovoked. I didn't bring this up. He said, you know, it's like if I've got to have one guy – in a man-to-man situation, I might just have to go with Rod Babers. Man. And you know what? I'm sure he was saying it just to make me feel good because he knew you would tell me. But even to be in his top five, that's still pretty damn good. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm, in, even a, if I'm even in consideration, yeah. honorable mention, that's still if pretty you're good. you're at the front of his mind. Because he's, he's got like at least seven, eight first-round picks to choose from. Yeah. Thorpe Award winners to choose from. You know what I mean? So, so that- no, man. I know how to play the man. I know how to play man-to-man from that guy. And 
Yeah, man. That's why I knew I was confident playing man to man. I couldn't do much else very well. <laughs> that's hell, I knew that's I why Coach Aquino said if I got one guy man to man. Everything else was like, oh, he's a B guy. He's B it in that area. He's a B guy in his C area. No, but in man to man, dude, I could do it. I could do it well. Even though Mike Tice refused to believe you were in man coverage on that interception you had in the Oklahoma game. Hey, it was just communication. Something that these guys could <laughs> use a little bit yes. more of in the secondary. I yes. I concur. Yeah. Uh, real quick, also want to mention on the podcast. So we have had a little bit of change with the feed. Uh, if you're an Apple Apple Podcast subscriber or uh, really any anywhere you get us, uh, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, you have noticed that it's no longer the Longhorn Blitz app. It is the Horns 24-7 podcast app because we're nice. now under the Horns 24-7 family of podcasts under the 24-7 sports podcast umbrella. How many of those? Four now? Three. You get the Blitz. Yeah. Uh, you get State of Recruiting with Bobby Burton and Mike Roach, and yeah. then you get the flagship with Chip Brown and Taylor Estes. Nice. All three of the podcasts going to bring you something different. You guys know how we do it on the Blitz. We've been doing it for a long time now. Bobby and Mike, they give you the nuts and bolts on recruiting, and then Chip and Taylor, it's going to be more of kind of a an interview-based type show. They had David like Beatty that. on last week ahead of the Kansas game. Yeah, instance. Chip's got a lot of connections. So mm, yeah. uh, hopefully something for everybody. Whatever like you're into, uh, subscribe, like, review, all that fun stuff uh, on the podcast app. And uh, you know, But the Blitz isn't going anywhere. We're still there. And the the, lo- the logo header, you still see the Blitz logo. And actually, I'm, I'm an Apple guy, so on my Apple podcast feed, the Blitz logo is still the one that shows up. So we're not going anywhere. We're not changing. Just adding to the family, if you will, uh, in the thing. podcast world. Beautiful so, Rod, thing. we got all that out of the way. Let's get down to what everybody's here for to talk about – what Kansas, to make baby. of this game. And, mm. you know, I'll, I believe it was a Real Dirty P1 on the flagship message board at Horns 24-7 said, you know, Jeff, you always say you guys never talk about Kansas, never spend enough time talking about Kansas. Maybe we should from now on <laughs> spend more time <laughs> on this damn show hey, talking what, hey, about Les Kansas. Miles used that as motivational currency with his players, apparently. Yeah. Uh, because remember what Tom Herman said at the Totally the took Tom Herman's words out of context. Yeah, Tom, but, Herman, Tom Herman actually was criticizing the media for yeah, not asking Tom Herman was questions. On about me. Kansas. He was getting on me. He was getting on yeah, me. Yeah, that's why I pointed at you. Yeah, you guys uh, for not asking it's more. Because so all the questions were about Oklahoma. And then I guess Les Miles was able to use that little excerpt and yeah. then told his guys, see, not even Tom Herman. They don't really, they're joking about talking about Kansas. You know Nobody what this reminded me of, Matt? It's a beautiful it's thing. reminded me, Matt, of one of your favorite quotes of all the guests we've had on the show. Something Kwame Cavill told us several years ago. Hey, man, false enthusiasm yeah. goes a long way. It does, 100%. man. Whatever you got like, to do, gotta do to get yourself up for a game, do it. That there was you go. And you look at 2019, and, I mean, if something's out there and it's a headline, then you can run with it. But now, I hadn't even heard accurate. it. We didn't hear it until after the game. We didn't hear that headline until after the game. nobody that, covers Kansas. The, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, somebody had to – I mean, maybe he kept it in-house. There was it, one writer. Yeah. I saw one writer tweet about it. But it's just so perfect that it's like, well, totally out of context, but it was a motivating force and it could gain a total headlines and it's just a 2019 news cycle, nope, the nope. way that things in social media can get it their own uh, momentum and then it doesn't matter if it's actually – Based in truth or not, if the masses believe it. That's but when I, I totally believe it was Les Miles' concoction, though, because oh, yeah. we didn't hear about it until after the game. That was Perfect Les job. Miles. Yeah, he did that on his own. But, that's the, hey, that's why he's a, he's a guy has got a championship. Yeah, and so, Rod, let's go ahead and get to your analogy. Um, for Longhorn fans trying to wrap their head around what they saw on Saturday, what would you compare it to? Uh, my head analogy, I tweeted out, and some people don't like it because I think they I think I heard it on your show. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why people are upset about it. I said the 50-48 win for Texas at home over Kansas is like having sex with someone that you're ashamed to be seen in public with. It's a win, and it's somewhat satisfying, but deep down, you know it's wrong because you believe you can do better. And it's not about the person who you are ashamed to be seen in public with. No, that's more about your insecurity. That's yes. about your issues. You're the one who got the problem. Whatever reason you don't want to be seen with them in public and while you're having these kind of shady dealings, that's on you. And right now the issues are not about Kansas. Kansas played a hell of a game. Good for them and good for Carter Stanley and everything. But Longhorn fans, they don't want to be seen in public with this win. As a matter of fact, glad it was on LHN. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're all happy that it was on LHN. It was at least it was at our house and mm-hmm. it was on our network, so nobody else got a chance to, to see it. Yeah, you know, unless you had LHN and did you, you know, you went out of your way to see it. So that's my analogy. But I, you know, I think it's to, for Longhorn fans. They they need a way to kind of deal with the shame of a win. It's weird. 
Yeah. Shame, shame, and winning don't usually go but together. It wasn't really. Yeah, and to me, that's I remember that feeling, and that's I felt like to me it was winning, but it was shameful. And I remember going home, you know, um, late night on Sixth Street, and waking up the next morning, going, "That was a coyote ugly win. I yes. should not have done that. That was that was not. I should have been better. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about the. It wasn't about her. It was more about me. I can think I of a couple be, like spring breaks yeah, where those yeah, things yeah. happen. Robbie, you need to do better. I need to look in. That was a man in the mirror. But Robbie, do better. You got to do better. It's and an you indicator know what? You of put, your behavior. It's yeah, your behavior. It's me. Was, I need and, to improve. And then you went out yeah. there and have to deal with the consequences of yeah. your actions, and you did yeah. not pre- look well out there. But you live to see another day, and you can go on yeah. and learn from it. You shouldn't be shame. People you having uh, relations with, you shouldn't be ashamed of it. And yeah. <laughs> that's more of an indicator <laughs> of that's your like you own problems. You shouldn't problems. be ashamed of winning. You shouldn't be ashamed of winning at all. It's winning, and you shouldn't be ashamed of who you're having to. But both of those give us a lot of satisfaction, but that right now it's shame and winning for Longhorn fans. Putting those together yeah, is weird. I, I wrote this on the mm-hmm. site. You know, Tom Herman and, and that team, uh, Rod, you know this, haven't been in, in the fight. As a college football player, a college football coach, you should never apologize for winning a football game. Exactly. That said, He's every, in that position. everybody on the outside looking in, we don't have to take that same approach. But no. you can apologize <laughs> for your performance. No. Um, well, and, yes, and, and, and you certain, can still not apologize. Have to apologize for the win, but then admit that you had some issues and you made some bad decisions, and that's sort of what you you ended up in this bed, and then now you got to deal with. It. Yeah, but Tom Herman did Monday. I mean, he was talking. He, he, he was. I he thought was, he was he, very. He, and that's full circle. He was asked. He was asked. Point, he was asked yeah. point blank uh, in the in the press conference on Monday. Is it wrong for fans to be concerned that it was only a two-point win when you're a three-touchdown favorite? And he said no, and his exact quote was no. They should be. We have standards at the standards at the University of Texas that we need to play up to, and we didn't on that side of the ball. Referring to the defense, and you know what? I was going to start with offense because that's kind of the better part to talk about, but let's just go uh, ahead. No, and, let's start with the defense. Let's, let's just go, go ahead bad and, news, and then we'll go good news. I think the offense is more good news than bad news. Let's just you go know? ahead and rip this Band-Aid yeah. off and dump yeah. the peroxide in and get it bubbling to the surface because it's it. just, oh, man. Um, yeah. Here's my my issue with the defense. <laughs> my issue. Like, I was gonna say, where you want to start? What do you mean? Which issue? I just the issue to me, Rod, is that this defense right now is just so structurally unsound that. And look, let's just get the, this part out of the way. Have they have they suffered from injuries? Yes, they've been injured. Have the has the inexperience impacted this defense more than anybody probably thought it would? We talked about it all off season, but mm-hmm. we knew, hey, this defense is probably going to take a little bit of a step back, and it's going to take these guys some time to get their feet under them, especially in the central nervous system of that defense when you've got you know Keandre Coburn as a retro freshman nose guard as good as he is and as good as he's going to be, and then the the experience you lost at linebacker, it's going to take time for things to come together. So there's no shame in in this defense failing to some extent and having some rough patches. There's no shame in struggling. There is shame, however, in the University of Texas being and legitimately in a conversation for having the worst Power 5 defense in the country, which Texas is right now. Statistically, any way you want to slice it, I think I've seen the ESPN graphics. I think they're leading the nation in missed tackles. Any way you want to slice it, this defense is not good. And at Texas, regardless of what your depth situation is, Look, we, we, we railed on Manny Diaz for it. We railed on Vance Bedford and Charlie Strong for it. On that, I cannot give Todd Orlando a pass. You should never be this bad at Texas, regardless of what your circumstances are. But, Rod, there's really no – I think what people need to realize with this defense at this point is, is there are no fixes. There's nothing that's going to get fixed. Can it be better? I think it can, I think it can be better, but it's not going to get fixed. And to me, it goes back to the point that I made seemingly 10 minutes ago – it's so structurally unsound, just in one instance. I texted you Sunday when I was watching the game, and I said, are they trying to two-gap up front with their D-line? Because whatever they're doing is so bad, I honestly can't tell. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And, Rod, you said the same thing. You can't tell either. Well, in the secondary, it's hard to tell at times like what coverage they're in because uh, either guys are reading the wrong keys or they're out of position. And at this point, like I, I mean, I, and Tom Herman even said it too, um, he he said it all circles back to coaching, right? So he said, basically, we need to. He said, I don't think pressing the reset button is always the answer. He said, you got to believe in something and master that something. 
So I think the biggest problem is on defense is they're not good at anything. There's no one thing you can kind of build your defensive game plan and ideology on. They're not good at they, they can't really rush the passer really well. They don't create pressure really well. They don't cover really well. And that's mostly due to the injuries, I think. Well, they don't a- cover really well. <laughs> and they're not a good tackling team. You know, we'll talk about TCU, but one thing about TCU is TCU doesn't make a lot of splash plays. They're like last in the Big 12 in sacks and second to last and tackles for loss. And uh, they're last in, in turnovers and forced turnovers. They don't make a lot of splash plays. But if you look at them, they're top 10, top 20 in total defense. Be in their best total defense in the Big 12. Because they're, they're not only are they structurally sound, I think they have a lot of integrity built within the defense because of Gary Patterson and his system. As Tom Herman even said, you know what Gary Patterson is. He's been the same way for the last been 18 a four years. Down, four down quarters coverage you know what I mean? for 20 because years. And, and, and the same thing with Nick Saban. Everybody knows what Nick Saban is going to do. He's going to play man-to-man coverage. There's going to be some uh, pattern match, man-zone concepts. I mean, everybody knows what he's going to do because he's been doing it for so long. You, you want and you covet that kind of consistency, consistency on defense. And he even brought this up. You don't want to need jerk reaction because that's what we've seen in the cycle that has repeated itself on the 40 acres uh, with our last two defensive coordinators before this. It is the same cycle and it is the same symptoms that come up over and over again in missed tackles. If you just fire Todd Orlando, yes, he is part of the problem. I guarantee you we're going to be reliving this cycle again. Yes. This is it's. How can people not see that and go, well, we fire him and get the next guy? I guarantee you then it's going to fix it. No, 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 guys. It'll get worse. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen again. It's happened three different coaches, three different uh, defensive coordinators. It's going to happen again if you just fire Todd Orlando. I'm telling you that as a guy who studied it more than anybody else in this city and anybody else also with this program, I've studied and I've been bringing it up for the last year and a half. And pointing to it, I've been, you know, there's a, man, what is the name of that, uh, what's the name of the movie about the guy who was predicting the Wall Street collapse and nobody would listen to him? And then they oh, made a, know <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like the only guy that was kept it saying, the big no, no. Short? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the only short. guy that kept saying, dude, I'm telling you, it's this gonna is going to happen. You guys, are you not looking at it? This, mm-hmm. this is not sustainable. This thing is going to collapse. It's going to implode. And everybody was like, ah, that guy's crazy. Keep man. on this making money while we're Everybody's making money. We're good. And I was like, man, I feel like that guy. I've been saying it for like two years. Guys, look at what kept happening. I've been saying it on this show, on my show, on every show. Look at it. Look at it. It's the same cycle over and over again. The symptoms are coming back last year they were missing tackles so getting back to that I don't know if you're going to fix it even this year with anything you can do you can put some type of salve on it you can type you know mask it almost yeah I think you can yeah you can get better at tackling you can simplify things and that's what Tom Herman wants to do become a master of something simplify things where guys will have confidence playing the scheme and yes you'll be vulnerable because everybody know what you're doing mm-hmm. and you won't have that art of confusion you won't have that deception element but at least guys will be in a better position to tackle and at least you'll force teams to have to march the length of the field and you won't be giving up big pop explosive plays all the time and that alone with your top 10 offense one of the best offenses in the country You'll win games. Mm-hmm. And that's what TCU, TCU's offense is so damn bad, so they can't win games. But structurally, they're sound, and they just, they just tackle really well. And they're just always in the right position. They don't, they don't sack the quarterback. They don't pressure the quarterback well. They don't create turnovers. But they have like two or three things that they do pretty well. Yeah. And, and, and Texas needs to almost copy that blueprint. Just figure out what you do well. I, right now, I don't know what the hell it is. Honestly, I don't know. what I have no idea what they do well. And they, they may either. not do anything well. They may just be bad at everything right now because of all the injuries. They may have to get to the point where they go, okay, you know what, guys? Even as uh, Tom Herman pointed out, our guys should be able to play man coverage and quarters coverage. You've been playing that ever since you were in high school. Mm -hmm. Man coverage, quarters coverage. Can you all play that? Can you get in your quarter and allow nobody to get behind you and pass off routes in the quarters? And Yeah, can you do that? And then play man-to-man. Can we do that? And you can master those two coverages and say, all right, Todd Orlando. Building block. It's a foundational point. Let's just do that until – we figure out they were really good at it, then add something else. And then, you know what I mean? Like, at this point, you got to almost start back to the basics because you're, you're – Well, you're so, literally doing that with players that are inexperienced. It, well, no, no, no. That's the problem yeah. is you're taking the inexperienced guys who have even more experience because of the injuries, and then you're still complicating things by having all these exactly. really exotic exactly. blitzes and pressures. Like, no, 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 dude. 
No, they're not going to. The guys you had starting couldn't execute those, those are schemes. Those things of luxury. There's, those yeah, are you have to get yeah, to a baseline. No way, uh, David Bender and Montrell Estelle are going to be able to do it when Caden Stearns couldn't do it. You move Bender you know to I mean? running back. <laughs> like, you know, like you, I don't. So I was like, dude, you got to get back to basics, and you can tell by looking at it. It's and that you know that Carter Stanley knew what the hell was going on. I, I charted his time, his his snap release time, time to throw. Dude, he's getting rid of football in 2.2 seconds, 2.3, 2.0, 1.5, 1.6, 2.2, 2.0. It's very few of his uh, time to throw were over three seconds. Dude, he was he identified it pre-snap and hit it immediately post-snap. And that's one of the things. So you're not deceiving anybody anymore. Right, that's one of the things with the Kansas plan uh, or the plan Texas had for Kansas that just makes my head want to explode. Because I talked to some people close to that Kansas program, and basically what Brent Deerman and that staff prepared Carter Stanley for is exactly what they got. They're like, this Texas defense, when their blitzes, is so predictable, you'll know pre-snap where to go with the football. Yeah, very calculated. And go back and look at that fourth quarter. How many did Carter Stanley ever come off his first read ever? Almost, uh, almost none. Like very he was rarely. so yeah. decisive. <laughs> like he yeah, was literally rarely. you just It's saw like him. pre-snap he died. Like you yeah, said, Rod, pre-snap he's looking at it, boom, that's where to go. It's like that's what Brent Deerman told him. No, trust me, pre-snap, this defense is so unsound, you'll know where to go with the football. Well, that's pre-snap. what Joe Burrow did, uh, you know, very easily. And Austin Kendall wasn't skilled and enough to do it. It's what kids are but, being asked to do yeah. at the lower level of football. So what used to or be the RPO based offense. Exactly. So if but your life, if you now if your job as a quarterback is every snap being able to make quick decisions and be decisive like that and you feel confident in your play or like him, I mean, he gets out there and maybe the first series didn't feel as confident. But once you have it, he did. A time or two, you, you, you saw his adjustment. Yes. That's a great point because I charted after because before that, He's, he's holding on to the ball mm-hmm. way too long. He was looking in accessorizing and then realized, yep. man, I need to just get rid of it. Yep. Hit these guys. I had a guy he or did. two and yep. passed up on it. I, I think after that fourth and two where Texas failed, the first one, that's when it, I, mm-hmm. they must have had a talk or something on the sideline. And he was after that, he starts getting rid of football quickly. And that RPO game, and the thing is, RPOs, you're going to get it all quickly. And they love the RPO. Brent Dearman, as you pointed out, just wrote a book about it. So that was their bread and butter. And schematically, we'll get into some of the things they did, too, to exploit Texas and get to the edge. But Todd Orlando knows the ball's coming out quickly. like that. So you bring in pressure from five, six yards away when he's running an RPO, you know, unless it's considered a run blitz. Like you're I, running you yourself know, out of a play. Yeah, well, you, you basically you're going to end up in purgatory. Yeah. Well, he's getting rid of the ball so quick. That's what happened against LSU, right? Joe. That's why they abandoned the running game. Joe Burrow's like, you know, I'm just going to get rid of the ball quickly. They're going to blitz me. That's great. I want them to come in to blitz me. Cause because you're running out it, of the it, play. It brings clarity to my reads. Yeah. All right? You know what I mean? Because I already see where he's coming from. Boom, once he comes. Joe Burrow is getting rid of football in 2.4 seconds game, on average. And then yeah, they are the ones in favor at yeah. that point so if you can do it so quick. He's got to start either trying to simulate pressure, which is like guys are coming, but then they're not and they're dropping back. Or You're not, you, I don't think you can do that. Uh, and that could be too complicated right for guys. Or And I don't think I don't think it is for everybody because like DeMarvio and Overshone can handle that. He was doing basically that in the quarters package. It all depends. He's got to do a better job of, of utilizing his personnel too. The point I mentioned about Joseph Asai, Dude, you are taking your best player out of the play probably 30 to 40% of the time. There and should know, never be a play where he's 15 yards down the field, and I, ever. And I, and I know he's like, whoa, he's, we're using him in different ways. He's then, get, then, get, then take that call and trash it. Exactly. Get rid of it. Like, Just like we, we, and and we said the, we said the same thing. Hold on, get hold on. Match up and go and, and, and run him out of the play. And that means you being outcoached because you, your scheme needs to be able to have your best player yep. in the front, pass rushing or run stuff. We said the same thing about man. We gave Manny Diaz guff for the same thing. We said any call you have where you've got Jackson Jeffcoat or Alex Okafor 20 yards down the field covering the hash, Back off. it's a garbage call. Back get off. rid of it. I don't, I don't care. What I don't care. You can tell me how good your system is. Uh, you've forgotten more football than I know, but I, I didn't. I, I, I was born at night. It wasn't last night. I know if any time you got Alex Okafor 20 yards down the damn field, it's a bad call. If Joseph Osai is 15 yards in the middle of the field, it's a bad call. Get rid of it. I totally agree. And you know what? And that's where we are now with Todd Orlando. And like I said, I like Todd Orlando. I'm not on the jump off the Todd Orlando bandwagon because I don't know if anybody can fix what's going on right now. Like I, he's I don't the know. best case because he's at least seen these players for like Very a true. few years or a year. Or yeah, no, you're right. Time. But because I know part of it is, like I said, it is something systemic and, and cyclical going on. I do know that the injuries are unprecedented. You can say what you want. I don't remember in the last 30 years. 
Texas having injuries like this in the secondary. No, not Ever. in one, one position group. It, it's the fear of them that we talked it's, about at running back like four at the beginning stars, of the year. Dude. But, yeah, no, it's absurd. It's crazy. So if you go from already knowing absurd, that your baseline, man. that it's going to be the most inexperienced defense, but we've seen mass issues coming into the season, you're like, okay, well, he can maybe make something out of it. Then when you lose the guys that literally weaponize the defense or your best players on the defense and the experience, it really gets you a situation that, yeah, if you had some kids that were freshmen that just stepped in and played sort of like you got conveniently last year when you had an influx of talent back there. The thing was is this year you don't you can't expect to have that every single year. And when you have those guys go down, and once you have the only way to learn when you aren't experienced is from going out there and trial and error. And it's unfortunate. Now we can learn though if these players are how quickly they learn, how quickly they grasp, how quickly they develop. Because yeah. if you see some type of you know, returns on your investment on these guys real quickly, then you know you can keep them out there, you can trust, and that's the beginning of that building block you're talking about. But if you don't have a building block of the defense or anything you do well, well, then you're just literally throwing things against the wall and seeing what works while you're Tom Herman brought this up. He said in 2017 the Texas offense did the same thing. He said in 2017, uh, got this from Horns 247, he said uh, we thought we can do, he said we can, uh, what can we do to move the ball? You know, we were trying to figure out an offense in 2017. He said, quote, as coaches, you get frustrated at times and start grab-bagging. Mm-hmm. And that's when you see things go downhill. I, I, grab-bag, I'm assuming, is just throwing stuff at the wall and trying to see what sticks. Yeah. I think that's, that's what Manny Williams Diaz injury. did later on. I think Tom Herman talked about it in 2017 with Texas offense. That's why it became the Sam Ellinger show, right? Mm-hmm. When you've you got to have something you do well so that you can you can like all right, we, let's build this, let's build on top of that. All right, so this concept now let's the let's QB counter run with this game other concept. Was what they added then? Yeah, whatever it is. So he said, you know, that's when you went into you don't you know you don't want to ever be uh, on either side of the ball is a jack of all trades and a master of none, which is when you're struggling human nature. So yeah, at the base at, at its most basic fundamental rudimentary uh, point, that's what we're talking about. Todd Orlando, what does your defense do well? Can you can you y'all gotta ask him that next time, dude? What what do y'all do well? Like give give me the one thing. Like man, you know what? This is we do this well, and maybe it's red zone defense. I, I don't know. You Go know ask what I mean? Sam. What does the defense do well against you? You know what I mean? Like what do that's, you fear? Because you got to start there. You got to start there. And if yeah. Tarlando can't figure out that little small question, then maybe the answer is he is not the guy. Because that's the most basic place to start. And that's but why right you pay now one you're point. in the middle of a season in game week, so it's you, you do, have to deal that's, with one next week and that's build part from of it. there. That's part because you can't keep coming out week to week with a different kind of uh, uh, identity defensively, yeah. and that's what you've been doing. Yeah. Like, and when, if you're the Patriots, fine. You're right. adapting. You're, you're being you know I mean? defensive. Yeah, here, which is exactly great point. You're, yes. you're adapting weekly, and it's great if you're like a really good defense that can do that, but you're not that. No. You're doing it out of necessity. You're doing it because you don't do anything well, so weekly you have to figure out, like, all right, who are we going to be this week against this offense? It isn't the who Orlando we? weaponized defense we knew that Boom. played and flipped the Boom. tables on the play there callers. Now it is one He's, that's being manipulated by exactly. the opposing offense, and you're just basically treading water, it's an identity trying to survive at this point. while you can. There's a great movie I used to watch, romantic comedies, Runaway Bride. <laughs> and Richard Gere in the movie Runaway Bride, there's obviously Julia Roberts. She's had like four or five different uh, weddings where she, at the, at the altar, literally has abandoned the dude at the altar. And she's getting a reputation. She's writing an article about her. And he notices with every dude that she's been with, she likes her eggs differently. Uh-huh. Right? So with one dude, it's scrambled. With what a dude, it's, it's sunny side up. With somebody else, it's hard-boiled. And you're like, usually how you like your eggs is how you like your eggs. That's that's mm-hmm. so you. That's a you yeah. thing. Like, I want my eggs this way. That's how I always like them. Egg white only, baby. That's it. And he's like, you change up for every man you with. You can't, you know what I mean? That's where you're going wrong. You got to figure out who you are. Yeah. That's, that's Texas defense right now. They're they're Julia Roberts in that move. They change up for every week. And it's like, that's not really how. De- when I was playing, it was like, no, we play man coverage, and we going to blitz you. Mm-hmm. That's Carl Boris. He's got, he's got a couple of Thorpe Award winners back there, some first-round picks. They're going to play man. What did LSU do? They're going to play man coverage. Mm-hmm. If you're a defense, you're going <laughs> to do what you do. What does Muschamp do? Wait, what Muschamp? <laughs> Gary Patton, what you do? Oh, this is what we do. Wisconsin, what you do? This is what we do. Dr. Orlando, what you do? Yeah. I don't know what you do. There, there's a couple things I want to hit here. Rod, and you kind of led me into one point I, I, I want to talk about. You know, at, at some point, you have to default. And, and this is any walk of life. I mean, I go through it at work in times where maybe you're in a rut or things aren't going well. You know, the numbers you get back from the corporate office aren't good. At times they're good, and for us they've been really good, but at times they're not. You you know, you get frustrated, and then I just have to tell myself default, okay, 
what's one thing you can do to help the issue that you do really well? Boom. And here's what I do really well. Okay, I'm going to go do that. Yeah. And I think Todd Orlando's default is I got to bring pressure. I got to bring pressure. I got to bring pressure. But, Rod, their pressures just are so predictable and so bad. They become predictable. That I I, I think that's just the, the rut Todd Orlando's in. And, and the perfect example of that, go back to the LSU game. When, when you can't cover, they sort of he try had, to mask one or the other. Well, you have to do one. <laughs> and Todd, you do one of them. And, yeah. and Todd Orlando said this the week when we talked to him after the LSU game, which, by the way, just a real quick media complaint. I don't think it's fair that the coordinators don't talk after games um, because I, I think, it's, I that. to me, it's ridiculous yeah. that Todd Orlando making $1.7 million a year can't answer questions. And I've got to ask Joseph Osai why the defense was bad in the fourth quarter. And yeah, I've, got to ask, I've got to ask Malcolm Roach about missed tackles. I just – that's just no, me being that. picky. Yeah, but, considering mm-hmm. the money you make. Yeah. Oh, it, for it, sure. It should be like a money thing. Like when you make this much money, you should have to go talk to the media. All right, it is time for our first break on this week's show. But on the other side, there is plenty of more Texas football talk. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. The one issue I want to talk about, because I want to end this talking about some good stuff as we get into TCU. Okay. But the one issue I want to talk about oh, is Tom one. Herman and the fourth downs. And fourth and two, baby. Fourth we, and two. You know, we talked Oklahoma State was really kind of the last time we're like, okay. Because I feel like we said a lot in 2017 and a couple times last year. Mm-hmm. And Matt, you've got the numbers to back it up. You've done the research. I know you're one of the guys that has because you've shown me your research. The numbers all say at certain parts of the field, you're better off going for it. Yep. I don't disagree with Tom Herman on that decision. What I do disagree with is, man, some of these fourth down calls just they're stupefying. Yeah, I don't get it. Really, there's really they make no sense. Really, no other way to describe it. To the second one, I believe you see the camera and Tom Herman just say, "What is that? Or, what was that like? I don't know. It, it was the first time <laughs> the that Jake I Smith think one? I can draw. The Jake no, Smith the second one? one was a pass to Brewer. Oh, the that Brewer was. Was. No, and I really, I don't know if he was yelling like, "What is that on the play call upstairs?" or like, "What was that? Who like screwed up?" But it was the first time where there was clearly him not happy with whatever went down via communication between. Between the field and the top. They got to figure it out on the third, fourth, and two where they just lined up in a power set and just handed Roshan Johnson the ball. Seemed like it was yeah, perfect. I mean, I one of Colin Johnson kind of lines up at the H. Like, this goes back that. to yeah. – I, I, I promise I was never going to rant about Kansas yeah. again, and I'm like <laughs> almost there. This goes back. just quit uh, promising that. I know. <laughs> we, <laughs> since then, we almost fired one coach in his third year, and then we almost did it again this like, time. Whenever, like, whenever – This would have been a third-year loss to Kansas. I was about to say, exactly yeah, we, we bought, we've canned. almost lost to Kansas a couple it. times. Whenever well, this Kansas one is on exactly the schedule, what fired Charlie. It, pretty much. Third-year loss to Kansas. Whenever yeah. Kansas is on the schedule, I should just take that week off. Dude. From now on. Dude. I should just take the day <laughs> I should just take the vacation yeah, Kansas time. Kansas loss has been brewing for a while, yeah. Make sure not to go up there, at least. <sighs> what? Yeah, I've been up there. I was up there for the, the Case McCoy rescue game on the bench. Yeah, Rod B. Ewer. That was bad. Rod, can I, share, can I share the locker room story from that game real quick? Because oh, it just man. makes me chuckle. Can oh, I share man. it? Yeah, go ahead. Because none of the parties involved are at Texas anymore. Oh, man. Um, so, Rod, you could fill in the gaps where I'm wrong, but Rod's doing locker room stuff, and it's like the coaches like all shower in the same little broom closet locker room in Lawrence that everybody else has to, and it's like Brian Harson and like all the coaches are in there, and Harson likes coming out of the shower again. Rod, you can correct and stop me if at any point I'm, I'm inaccurate. Harson's coming out of the shower and he's just like besheveled like with this offensive performance. And Max droning on about oh this is just like 2004 when Vince Young hit Tony Jeffrey with the pass and then. Mac leaves and Harson just has this look on his face, like I have no idea what the hell he was just <laughs> no, talking about. No, it was bad, yeah, because and he was he was like I think he was still like in his towel too. It was weird, you know what I mean? And Mac, well, a lot of people were learning that coaches shower after games uh, right now. Yeah, well, it was just yeah, it was just weird. Mac came in there trying to pump him up, and you could tell that Brian Harson had I, I don't know if he had given up, but. He looked like he was checking out. Like he, he was, was having none of it that right. day. Yeah, he looked like he was checking out, man. And and honestly, I think most of it was just due to now. I, we learned later the culture of that. Mac wasn't close with those coaches. Like no. he wasn't. We know now he was distant from those coaches. Yeah. So they were like, dude, don't come in here, right? You're not even. He was your just hired a, offensive assassin. Yeah, at this point, he was a figurehead, and that's. I think that was why Brian Harson looked at him like he was crazy. And that's probably <laughs> why he took the Arkansas State job sight unseen. Uh, there you go. Probably got something <laughs> to much. do with it. And it also <laughs> still is crazy that that BCS Michigan team almost lost if it wasn't for that last play against you know Kansas with Vince in the back against to Tony Jeffrey like. 
it still blows my mind watching that. I watched it yeah. in the Sid Benson game. Like that could have derailed so much before 05 that you didn't hit find Jeffrey in the back of the that's end zone. That's true. And that's a, but that was a good team though. No, yeah, exactly. I'm just gonna, that's what's so weird about that it. That was a good team. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take the Kansas Akeem week Tlaib off from and now Chris on. Harris. <laughs> when I rewatched it and saw Keep Tlaib and Chris Harris on the right? sideline, I was like, yeah, that makes a little more sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that keep in mind that Kansas team was only three years away from going 11 and one and winning that, the Orange Bowl. Exactly. Orange team had talent, man. Um, but anyway, getting back to uh, Texas and, and Kansas, you know, the the fourth down calls. I think if you're Tom Herman, I, I think you've you've beyond lost the benefit of the doubt at this point. Like you, you should not have another bad fourth fourth and short call the rest of the year. Mm. Like there's no excuse for us to continue to sit here and say agree with the decision, don't agree with the call. Agree with the decision, don't agree with the call. Like, yeah, I think he's I, overcomplicating himself. I, yeah, I agree. He do, he doesn't. Well, it's predictable. I'm going to run Sam. Well, do it because it's it almost, works every time. It's yeah. almost like right yes, ever exactly since right. that power stretch got stopped on the goal against LSU. I don't think they've gone back to it. Uh, I haven't seen it much. No, uh, they haven't. They haven't really. They haven't really had to do the the bam bam Sam um, kind of red zone or goal line uh, offense. Really hadn't needed it much because the red zone offense has been so good. Mm-hmm. And your offensive line's been really good in those situations. And, which again, you know, was, if you've got fourth and two, line up and run the damn ball. Yeah, so I think they should. I don't know. I don't know why they overcomplicated that. That made no sense. Even the, the Jake Smith one was ridiculous too. It's like you have Sam Ellinger who can was a two hundred thirty pound fullback when you need him to be a quarterback. Just run them straight ahead. The, as many issues as this offensive line's had yeah. pass blocking, and I overcooked the bacon on the offensive line. I'll take the L on that one. This is not the best Texas offensive line we've seen in the last ten years because yeah, they clearly I mean, got it, issues. It was for a while. Overcooking bacon is a crime. Yeah, it is <laughs> definitely. I'm fat. I would know. Trust me. That's why, that's why I go with food analogies. Some people like it crispy though. But what's oh, one? What's the one thing this offensive line does maybe better than any offensive line in the conference? Run block. Baby. They can get downhill and yeah. move people off the ball. Yeah. So on fourth and two. Let them get downhill and move people off the ball. Yeah, you, you're making it way too complicated. Exactly. Yeah, football is a simple game made complicated by simple men. Amen. Just sometimes it's again, I'll butcher Occam's razor, but sometimes the the most the best ex- answer is the simplest one. Like yes, right there, just run the ball. Just run the ball. No, not only that, you got a quarterback that's. Arguably, his best quality and trait is He's that the best goal line <laughs> right? red zone short yardage yeah. weapon in the country. Yeah, so I don't. Yeah, I don't get that either. That made no sense at all. And uh, they got it right. And one of them anyway. Your calls need to be good because if you miss it, now you're putting your defense on a shorter field. And this defense has been terrible in sudden change situations yeah. this year. That's probably that's probably more the issue too. Is that you can't afford now the margin for error is so you know it shrinks so considerably. You can't afford to put your your defense in that position. No. Yeah, you might have to now start rethink, rethinking your fourth and twos at, at, at certain points, too. Just because your defense will never – and maybe he'll become even more aggressive because he needs to points. I, I, you know what, you know what Tom Herman <laughs> – like, I need the points. Honestly, need you points, know what Tom maybe. Herman needs to That's figure it. out? Yeah. He needs to figure out really, A, what is Cameron Dicker's range given the field conditions and the weather conditions, uh, number one. That's a good point. And number two, he needs to figure out, can Bushevsky or Dicker, can one of them give me a really good coffin corner kick? Yeah, I agree with that. Try to give your defense a lot of lot of field. Uh, because that, look, Rod, you know this is a defensive guy. If they're going to drive it ninety seven yards on you, then they were going to score anyway. You're terrible, yeah, and yeah, yeah, you, yeah, should, yeah, you got yeah. nothing. But if you can just if you can make them take 10, 12 plays to mm-hmm. do it, you know that that helps your offense. All your offense really much needs. But you know going I mean? fifty five or sixty on a sudden change on yeah. a defense that doesn't have any confidence as it is, yeah. But that's how small the margin for error, like we keep saying, that's how small the margin for error is for this and, offense And right now. if you think about it and if you're admitting that they're going to score anyways, it's quicker to score in 60 and get that score <laughs> back than it is to score in 90 like Rod was saying. So it's that area yeah. that you have the upside of getting seven or two threes don't even equal seven. And exactly. then the lost time that you yeah. get in the ball. And then you already suck at field position, so it's like, well, in this one, we need to just keep the ball away from them. We aren't in the luxury of dealing with field position. This kind of goes. Points up this kind of goes back to though, kind of the Tom Herman, Todd Orlando decision I talked about with Tom Herman. I faced down the road. If you don't have a fourth down call that you feel like this is money, this is I don't money. care whatever front they come out or whatever they want to do, we we're this. gonna we're gonna get this. Two, we got if it. you don't feel that good about it, then. Punt, whatever. I don't care. Do, it's do whatever. When the numbers yeah. game can get in your head, I mean, we talked about it even back in the beginning whenever we first started to see the QB run game become in vogue, but it just sort of 
pointed out that it seems like you're always going to err on the side of the favorable advantage, but then you're going to border on becoming predictable if the opposing coaches know you're doing that. Yeah. There are ways you can mask Here's, it. Can I just say this? Here's why I rant and why I get upset. I'm not upset for myself because I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm upset for the fans. That the fans that we talk all off season and we share fan. we share what we're hearing from our no. This is this is me talking as a as a as a writer who's putting out a product that fans read to get them mm-hmm. ready for the season. And I share what I'm hearing from my sources. And Rod, you do the same. And we talk about what we're hearing from the inside and how internally, like this is what you hear that all this is going to change and they're going to have this and this and this. And then when it doesn't come to fruition and now, my thing is, I keep going back to the Sam Ellinger point, like, man, are they really going to, like, waste this time they got left with Sam Ellinger because the defense is so bad? Like, I feel bad for the fans that just want to watch a Texas game and not have to worry about, man, is 50 points against Kansas going to be enough? No, I agree. At but, least you survived it, though. So yeah. At least you still haven't ruined anything with Sam yet. Yeah, I think I think Sam is – I think the offense to me and, and what Sam is doing is, I think, above and beyond what we thought we'd get from the offense, honestly. I think yeah. the offense is really, really good. And I still think they can grow. I think they, I still think they're not even, you know, weaponizing every aspect of that offense just yet. We've just seen more healthy. Cade Brewer. Yeah, you know what I mean? So the offense has a lot of room to grow. I think they didn't know the defense would be this bad. No. Um, there's they, n- and they, no. And, and you just, can't predict the injuries. Like that, yeah, so they, that I think that's why at this point. But beyond injuries, uh, Matt, like we talked about, at, at Texas you should never be – you should never be on pace to be the worst defense in school history. No, you shouldn't. Sure, numbers there, wise, there, and to yeah. shatter that record. Yeah, there are factors, if we're talking though. about, but the factors are the there are that a lot you of have kids back there yeah. that are never playing. But then look at a red zone defense. Even if you go and give, and there's a stat, uh, a website called Longhorn Stat Drive, and this isn't defending the defense, but if you just go and give, say, seven to the team that scores, give the three, and then anytime you force a punt, you thing ranks everybody. Right now, Texas defense is about 93rd on giving up 2.44 per drive. By that metric, if you go and look at ESPN's defensive efficiency, Texas is 64 because it takes into account you've played the best deep right. offenses. Yeah, so play, yeah. we can't act like all numbers are the same and giving no, up 500. I'm not. So 130 is very, very unfair. They are not that bad, but they aren't great. They aren't good. Yeah. They're at best. No, I agree with you. They're going to be that's, average it, to mediocre, and that's when they get healthy and get their bodies it, back, and they can totally then, agree maybe build something. People don't talk enough about that, but people see that as excuses right now, yeah. and Longhorn fans don't want to hear the excuses. Exactly. Because but you they, just they, gave even up... Even though four, they are facts. <laughs> because you just gave up 48 points and almost 600 yards to Kansas. Yeah, people yeah. don't care about it. Yeah, they, but the fact is, everybody except Rice has moved the football again. Just like the quote that yeah. motivated Kansas. People don't care about context nearly as they much don't. as yeah. the headline, and that's like, what motivated hey, Kansas. Re- show me... Yeah, don't care about the, <laughs> they don't care about the labor. Just show me the baby, damn it. The re- I love that quote, by the way. That little analogy but the the fact of the matter is like we talked about this defense is not going to be good this year at no any point. no it, it it's is not. what it is yeah but it can be better than awful don't let it yes. get worse yes <laughs> from this point worse. on now that we've identified the problem and we know exactly what the problem is the injuries we're talking about the explanation of that don't let it get worse because if it does that's when i think Longhorn fans are gonna lose their patience i think Longhorn fans are educated enough to know all right it's pretty bad. It's not getting better. But don't let it get worse. Don't let your special teams get worse now that we've identified, right. oh, they're really bad at making decisions about mm-hmm. field position and when to field balls and punts. So don't let it get worse. Let's start now just little by little baby steps improving, getting better here or there. Like you said, when, when, they, when they fair catch something, people are cheering. Now, like, yeah, woo! <laughs> yeah, fair catch that. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? Longwood fans, no, they're not, they're not idiots. They're, One they're game smart samples, too, with football, yeah. just crazy. Football is like the most unfair statistically long-term to where you have all these random one-game samples and you only get like 12 of them. I mean, look at the Texas defense against Oklahoma and then where we were this week. Like, it's crazy oh, yeah. it how is. difference of a world we're in in just Very a matter true. of game. Yeah, take two two games and now mm. the the sky is falling <laughs> but the offense was horrible yeah. and the defense was great against oklahoma all right a little pause for the cause right here one more break on the show but when we come back we will wrap this thing up and put it in the oven on this edition of longhorn blitz with horns 24 7 credit products are issued by webbank member fdic rates and terms vary based on credit history amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion offer valid for loan products 90 days after today other restrictions supply see website for details how do i feel awesome Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. 
Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 9999. That's promo code 9999 at Vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. And now for an important announcement. Do you, or does someone you know, sweat the bed? Do you ever wake up feeling like you've been sleeping on a slip and slide? Sweating the bed is a serious but a common problem that affects your sleep, health, and happiness. Plus, it's just plain gross. But it's not you. It's your mattress. Fortunately, there is a cure. It's called Purple. Purple is the only mattress with a scientifically engineered smart comfort grid. This patented technology is designed to let air flow freely so you sleep cool. Side effects of sleeping on Purple include sleeping better, feeling better, and, well, honestly, smelling better. Try the Purple mattress risk-free for 100 nights and never sweat the bed again. And for a limited time, pick a free Purple product with your mattress purchase by texting AWESOME to 84888. The coolest sleep of your life and a free Purple product by texting AWESOME to 84888. That's A-W-E-S-O-M-E to 84888. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is interested Introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For a limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 9999. That's promo code 9999 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. All right, uh, Matt, the line on this started, I believe, two and a half TCU and money. I think it said one. That didn't take long for the money to pour in. Yeah, flipped over to Texas. Texas uh, still a one-point favorite. I'm updating it right now. So, yeah, that's a big flip for it to be that quick. That just shows that 
Vegas was off on the initial line. I think people know that Texas offense is legit now and that Gary Patterson's got no offense, and this is still the Big 12. So no matter what's going on with somebody's defense, we've seen Oklahoma win the damn conference multiple years in a row with one of the worst defenses in college football. You can score. It's almost like two. It's almost (laughs) like we're gonna be watching two different games, Rod. Like the Texas offense against Gary Patterson's defense, like that's Tom Herman v. Gary Patterson. That's must see TV. That is when you're talking about Sonny Cumbie's offense against Todd Orlando's (laughs) defense. That might. Talk about a tale of two that's a tale of two cities right there. That man. might that's be a a, like yeah. I know old wrestling promoters used to have a match on the card they call the popcorn match. That's the match store. That's the match you can put on when everybody's got to go get up and get the popcorn. Yeah, when TCU's got the ball, that's going to be the popcorn match. Everybody gets up and goes to get a sandwich oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah like I didn't think about that. That's a great point. Match up. Wow. Yes. Two different football games, man. Very different. Yeah, very different. One worrisome thing, 80% of bets have been put on Texas compared to TCU, which a lot of the time is a bad indicator. Get but some public eh, I don't care. Yeah. Texas should win up there. Yeah. Um, look, TCU, look, <laughs> we way understood it. We said Kansas is going to move the ball and they're going to score some points. I just didn't think it would be I think 48 it was, I points. Like, yeah. And didn't think it was going to yeah. be 560 I think would get 190. Yards. Yeah, we knew it was <laughs> We joked and said, man, Puka could go for 200 against this defense and it'll tighten things up. Well, he damn near got there. Man, I, I, well, I knew he had 130 versus Oklahoma, but I didn't think he was going to get 190. But I guess that's how he much. He had 102 in the first half. I, I, I'm, I'm starting to get with Matt, though. He's the best running back in the Big 12, though. Yeah. He's better than Chuba, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, and line yards per carry for Kansas was 2.67. Yards per carry for Puka, 7.6. Yeah. Like, dude. that dude. <laughs> that dude's a freak. He'll be, in Shan- he'll be running for Shanahan in a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. No, like, literally, that dude will be a starting NFL back. He, like, will, he be. will be one of yeah. the guys. That's complimentary, but he'll be the first and second down, or he could be a whole workhorse back. Depends. He actually, Depends on who he is. He up will with. take exactly because yeah. he's a great receiver out of the backfield. You're going into last year. People talk about it was the year of the running back in the Big Twelve with like David Montgomery and you know Rodney Anderson before he got yeah. hurt and some different guys. But like, man, you start looking at the backs in the league this year: Chuba Hubbard and Puka Williams. Yeah. Darius Anderson's a different kind of runner. Oklahoma's got like three of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and yeah. I don't think the two Texas has are bad. They're not. But huh? they're like sixth and seventh best, maybe in the conference, if that. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's good. But that are, are we all taking Texas? I'm gonna take Texas to win a a, a close game. I think I think TCU scoring probably in the mid 30s, as I, bad as they are on offense. I'll take Texas and I'll take Texas 36 to man 30. Now I think Texas, 30. Yeah, that's a lot of points against TCU. I think Texas is gonna need. I think Texas is gonna need forty to win this game. Right? Do you? Yeah. I'm gonna say thirty six to twenty. Oh, 28, 20, uh, something like twenty seven. Maybe thirty six, twenty seven. I'm gonna say forty one, thirty eight, Texas. Okay, twenty. I've got thirty six, twenty seven. I like that number. Yeah, I'm right around there. I think Texas just sticks to touchdowns. It's like thirty five, thirty, Texas. Yeah, yeah. I think Texas score points, but TCU's defense is going to – if we've seen Texas defense – I'm sorry, offense struggle at times, Texas – TCU will have something for them. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. All right, that's going to do it. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother, anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 104.9, 1019 AM, 1260, streaming on the Horn app at hornfm.com, where you can hear this podcast each and every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. And you get Rod B. on the Rodcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. Sorry, I butchered that there. And (laughs) don't forget, you can get us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. And thanks to Matt, you can get our interviews, classic shows, all on on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24- You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com.